February 13th, 2021, Turntable Talk. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to a interesting edition of the normally weekly or weekend 6 p.m. Mountain Time podcast. We're calling it Turntable Talk this time around. Turntable Talk Part 2. And today, we're going to be having some samples of turntable usage and operation and all that good stuff. Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Records, Turntables, and well, the person doing the command line is not here, so the rest of us don't have to, so we don't have to pick on him today. Today we have several people. I'm Matt Barnhill here in Utah. We also have, in the state of Utah, Andrew. Hello. Hello. Hello there. And on the other side of the room, we have Char in Canada. Hello. Hello there. And... We have Russell down in Alabama. Hello there. Hi. And in the center, over in New York, we have Richard. Yo. Yo. I am in the center. Yes, you are in the center. No, you're not in the center. <laughs> you're more east than I am. Well, that's true. Well, but he's in the center well, I, of the well, stereo no, field. I am in the center of the stereo field, though. Oh, that's right. That's different. You are you in the center of the stereo field. How special. <laughs> that's correct. Now, as people move about and get to their turntables, they're going to be in various positions in the stereo field. So, so, well, let's see. Who should we start with today? We can pick on. We can pick on. We can. Who wants to start? I can go ahead. All right. Well, let's pick on Char today. She's going to start us off with some stuff about how she got into it and what kind of turntable she has and give us some samples of music and how it sounds. All right. My name is Charlene, and I have been collecting vinyl since November 2020. Um, I have thought about it for a couple years now, but I just didn't know when it was going to happen. And then my dear friend Russell has bought me a Crosley music system. And it contains a turntable, AM FM radio, um, Bluetooth, auxiliary, and CD player. So it's been a long time since I've actually used a turntable. When I was a kid, I'd go to my grandparents all the time and my grandma let me play all the records using her turntable, which I ended up breaking the needle on eventually. So we're not going to be doing that tonight. Um, so Anyway, now that I actually know how to run a turntable, um, it's gonna be a little bit easier. So the turntable that I have 
is not an automatic and it doesn't have a cueing lever. It is completely manual, so I have to place the tone arm onto the LP and I have to lift it off. That can be very difficult for somebody that has no vision like myself, um, but it is doable. You just have to take your time with it and have a steady hand. Um, there have been times where I have scratched the record or thought I did, but I don't think it scratched it. I think it was just the amplifier making the noise as if I did scratch it. So tonight when I'm uh, doing my little spiel and uh, demonstrating my turntable, if you guys do hear that, it's worse. Uh, it sounds worse than it actually is. Uh, does anyone have any questions so far? Hearing doesn't, none. Doesn't sound like it. Continue. Okay. No. So, um, with my turntable, I'm just going to go over to the left here, where my turntable is. And I have it all geared up right now with a an LP that I, if I accidentally scratch it, it's not going to be a big deal. It's not one of my favorite records. It's one of my mom's old records. So I think before it gets too damaged, I'm going to try to record it for her onto a CD. But I'm gonna use that LP as an example for tonight. Um, so, Right now I have my turntable ready to go. I'm just going to lift the dust cover very slowly. And the album is sitting on my turntable. It is Bette Midler, The Rose soundtrack. Well, it's actually a concert, but um, anyway. I am going to, um, I guess the best way would be unlatch the the uh, the tone the tone arm so it because it was at rest sitting where it needs to be so I'm going to pick it up with my thumb on top and my um, middle finger and I'm going to guide it over to my record and I'm going to put it on the record and hopefully I get it at the very beginning. I always have to use my thumb on my left hand as a guide so that I know where the edge of the record is. However, there's going to be some times where there's uh, the grooves on the record are a little bit different than others. So even if I think that I have it sitting where it should go, it may not always be the right spot and the music, it may be already in the middle of that track. So I'm gonna give it a go and hopefully my mixer isn't too loud here. Um, let me just see. So I have the tone arm in my hand and I'm going to guide it over to the record. I'm gonna put it down. And there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the road. OK. 
Okay. So now here's the part that I do not like. <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can here and try to lift the needle. So I know that the tone arm is right close to the um, beginning of the record on the right hand side. And I'm going to very carefully guide my finger toward the tone arm. Oh, I bumped it. I can't do this. <laughs> People are watching me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that didn't work very well. Um, so this is going to happen. Unfortunately, it's the way it is, but I'm going to try it again. I'm just going to put the needle back down on the record. There we go. I lifted it without having issues this time. So it kind of, it happens. <laughs> It ha it's going to happen regardless if you like it or not, but it takes some time. You almost have to use, um, it's kind of like your finger, like a cane, I guess, to, to find where the tone arm is. And once you feel that tone arm, you have to lift it up immediately. You can't think about it and be like, oh, there's a tone arm. Now I got to lift it up. You got to just tone arm lift, basically. So that's kind of... Uh, my presentation i don't really know what else i can present on uh russell i don't know if you want to help me out here and maybe talk a little bit more about some of the advanced features that i'm not really as familiar with you really covered everything for your turntable um fantastically and you demonstrated it with great finesse you really did and thank you you showed you can operate a turntable and still be a human being at the same time. So, <laughs> and uh, with analog equipment, especially, there is practice. Practice will make perfection. And so, that's the ultimate thing. And you did not um, disturb anything to the point where it cannot be recovered from it. You know, it didn't cause any permanent damage or anything like that. So you're doing pretty much what anybody else would do. People with perfect oh, sight, great. people with perfect sight, when they grab tone arms, it will make noise. Because for anyone that is an introduced new weight, and um, and then that's going to affect everything. The tracking force has just changed. And that's what the stylus is dependent upon, is the tracking force. And a lot of times when you watch TV such as MASH, and they're playing a record, whenever they want to pause a record for a bulletin, they reach over and grab the torn arm and whoop, they cross the record. And then, okay, we have this bulletin. Um, we have the results of the contest. And then when they're through, they will take the tone arm and boom, back where it came from, and it continues to play. They are also demonstrating wrong operations of turntable, but you did the correct thing. Your turntable does not have a cue lever, as you mentioned. 
And mm -hmm. that really makes it hard. It really does. And uh, it is a completely manual turntable. It does have a variable pitch. And it is a two-speed. <coughs> but it is completely manual. And um, with a higher-end cartridge on it than what a typical manual turntable would have. The cartridge you mm -hmm. have is a two gram tracking force Audio Technica dual moving magnet cartridge. So, in other words, whenever it is presented with stereo, it is going to play it in stereo. And oh, yes. so it is going to happen. So, anyway, whenever you're dealing with something that is tracking. Um, with no more weight than a paper clip or two, it doesn't take very much to get it upset. No. So you do a, you do a fantastic job. Whenever you first oh, put these, when when you first put the stylus on the record, it was <laughs> cheering for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It gave you gave you a standing ovation. So there. Yeah. Even your Crosby loves you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you get used to, after a while, where, like for each record or whatever, oh, yes. where oh, the yes. stylus needs to go. Mm -hmm. um, you brought up a good point. I, One thing, mm -hmm. you brought up a very good point. Not all records are the same. That is true. No. You have one record that is just like mine, for sure. And it's your Olivia Newton-John, If You Love Me, Let mm -hmm. Me Know. Your, records, yeah. your record sounds perfect. My record, the hole is not in the center. And so... But it still sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. My system would, would take all of the claim of that. But anyway, <laughs> it, uh, it's a little off-center. And... Um, so try to ring that just right with your hand. Uh, sometimes automatic mm -hmm. can't get records like that right. So um, wow. you know you've got a record that's a little messed up even if the automatic doesn't land on it perfectly. <laughs> so it does yeah. happen. So I have a Super Tramp album that I was going to return to Amazon, but I have not, and I'm just going to deal with it because it works just fine. I just have to remove... I have to remove Crosley's mat mm -hmm. on the turntable for one side, mm -hmm. and I don't have any other records like that, but uh, that one in particular, if I remove the mats for that one side, it plays just fine. Yes. But if I keep the mat on there, it um, will skip in the first track, but it mm -hmm. will not skip for the rest of the album. Like, it's really strange. And what then, it is, is probably if I keep the warped. mat off for both, if I keep mm -hmm. the mat off for both sides, it will not allow me to play the record without the mat on the other side. So I have to put the mm -hmm. mat back on again. It sounds like there's a sounds like there's a little bit of a warp to it. Oh, and there the is. Audio, there's like a bit of a bulge mm -hmm. where, where right. it sits, like right, right in the middle there, like the hole. Right. See that right there is a warp. And Audio Technica Cartridge will not play a warped record. They will not do no. it. No. 
and that is against their religion. They will not. They mm -hmm. will not do that. And um, their little suspensions are not meant for that. And whenever the warp comes around, not only does it upset the stylus and it's able to hang on to the record, but the warp can also come up and bump the butt of the cartridge and bump the butt of the stylus assembly and knock it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. it, you know, you can't do it. So when you're removing the mat from the turntable, what you are effectively doing is you are tilting the stylus upwards a little bit from the back and then the stylus is having to kind of rearrange itself a little bit and yeah. uh, and it may play it that way without having its butt bumped by the warp mm -hmm. and so that's what you're doing you do not need to need you do not need to do that all the time really just do it nope. well enough to where you can get it recorded and then retire yeah. the record and that's my because plan yeah because it will cause uneven wear on your stylus. Yeah, and I don't want to be doing that either. Right. Um, I was going to mention something else. So I know with records, it's very important that you don't touch the record itself because you don't want fingerprints on it. You don't want any kind of scratches or marks or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So... What I usually do, and I'm just going to pick my record off, uh, up off the turntable and I'm going to just kind of demonstrate how I put the record on the turntable. Mm -hmm. So I have the record right now. I'm holding it by the edges. I'm holding it kind of like a dinner plate without putting my fingers like on any part of the record except for the edges. And I'm going to put it back down on the, the turntable. So I just kind of locate where my turntable is and sometimes you just kind of got to readjust it. There we go. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. Mm -hmm. But now my record is back on its turntable. I heard um, it loud and clear. To put the record <laughs> away, um, so I'm going to actually make sure that the stylus is in its resting place and I'm going to latch it down so it does not move the tone arm, not the stylus. And I'm going to pick up the uh, the record off the turntable, and then I'm going to put it away in its jacket. Now, normally, what I've done um, when I'm trying to grab the jacket with the other hand, I will literally put the record gently one part. Um, in the crook of my arm, not like right in the crook, but just like against it, so the edge is against it, and then I'll hold it with, I can't really explain it. Do you know where I'm trying to go with this? <laughs> it's like I'm holding it basically yes. on both sides, but my arm is holding one part of it, and my fingers are kind of like on the other part, on the other side. Right. And then I very gently just grab it, because you're gonna have to touch a little bit of it and then just very carefully just put it back in its jacket. Yeah, just make sure that the, just make sure that gravity doesn't pull the record straight down into the No, no. into into it because it will bust the spine out. No, no, I'm very careful. Yeah, I kind of I try to anyway. keep mine. I try to keep mine so the record goes in horizontally so I'm controlling its descent. Yeah. And uh 
or just put just a little bit of a tilt to it, but don't let it have a full tilt. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it won't bust a spine So yeah, that's, that's kind of my presentation. I'm going to close the dust cover of my uh, turntable here. There we go. And, and for those Crosley's who do not know, this, this is a Crosley 1975T that she has. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, there you have it. Do you guys have any questions? Well, so far so good. I'm Sounds like it works chair. great. No. <laughs> it does work great. I'm very All satisfied right. with it. Anyone else want to show off a record player or two? Yeah, I was going to say, Richard or Andrew, do you guys have any input or anything? Can I? That you would like to add? I'd like to add, well, I'd like to add a little something. So, <clears throat> if I... When I would put away um, albums in their jackets, what I would do is uh, I would like have the jacket sitting on the spine on my lap, but I would have like the very edge of the jacket, like um, like one edge, one part of it on my left leg, and the other end on my right leg. So, because what I would, what I used to do was, um, when I first started collecting vinyl, um, Jesus, I gotta think of how long this has been now, um, 14 years ago, in the summer of 2007, <clears throat> um, what I would do is, I would, I would lay, I would stand the album up on, like, my bed, or, like, on my legs and then I would just put put the uh, the sleeve would be in the jacket like with the sleeve part opened and then I would just put the record in and I'd like drop it in the in the jacket and well you're not supposed to do that <clears throat> because like Russell said <clears throat> if you continue to do that over time it will damage the spine and it will rip the sleeve completely. <clears throat> now I do have an album on vinyl where the sleeve is pretty ripped up and however it you can still use it but it's 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 pretty ripped up so it's like you got to hold the sleeve a certain way and you got to hold it to where the record isn't going to fall out. Now, some of the record will will come out from the sleeve just because the sleeve's ripped. Now, I didn't do it. It was like that when I first received the record. So that was that was out of my hands. But anyway, <clears throat> so what I would do now is I would have like one like the left-hand side of the spine, like the very edge and then the right-hand side the edge of the spine on my on my legs and then I would take the sleeve out and then I would carefully put the vinyl back in the sleeve very carefully don't put it in hard because you're going to rip the sleeve over time so just put it in very carefully just let it drop into the sleeve very slowly and then you put take 
put the sleeve sideways. Like don't don't put the sleeve in with the with the record facing open so you could easily take the record out because if you do the records could fall out of the jacket and you don't want that to happen because if a record falls depending on whether it hits the rug or a hard floor like if it hits the rug it'll probably be okay but I dropped a record one time and it really didn't do that much damage to it but it, it shouldn't have happened but it was an accident it just slipped out of my hand that was years ago but anyway it's best to put the records in the, their sleeves then you put the sleeve in in uh sideways so the records not facing out and that's those are some of my tips on uh collecting vinyl and whatnot and how to keep it safe in the jackets and whatnot. And also, <clears throat> I have some of my albums in dust sleeves. Dust plastic sleeves. So basically, <clears throat> now, there was a time when I would get vinyl from used record shops and whatnot. And, you know, 10 plus years ago, um, I would always take the albums out of the dust sleeves and I would always throw the sleeves out. And then I would just put the records in the totes or, or whatnot. But, however, now I would just keep the albums in the dust sleeves. Like, if I have any albums that are in their dust sleeves or whatnot, I would just keep them in there. Now, like before, I would struggle with, like, putting the the albums back into the, the dust sleeves, like with the jackets. So... What I would do now is you've got to take the, you've got to take like uh, an edge of the record, like the right hand side of it, like where like the bottom right hand corner is and just stick that into the, the dust cover. Then you take like the left hand side of it and then you try to line it up and, and get it in there. And now with a gatefold, now with now with an album like that, it's pretty easy to get in there once you know what you're doing. Now with a gatefold album, and basically what a gatefold is, it will open up like a book. And within the gatefold, sometimes it would be a double album or it'd be a single album. So sometimes in the gatefold, you may have pictures of like the band or, or you know, the lyrics to the songs or... Sometimes you'll have the sleeve with like the lyrics or the insert, like the pictures or like the sleeve, maybe different colors and whatnot. So um, with a gatefold, it can, you can still put it in a dust sleeve. It, it's, it just takes me a little longer to, to, to get it right, but it can still be done because I was kind of struggling with that yesterday, but uh, I managed to get it in there twice uh, pretty good. Um, so basically, th that's my tips on uh, on collecting vinyl. And uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, feel free to, to ask anything. Or if I'm missing anything that I left out, then, then let me know. But yeah, keep the dust off those records. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. No, I just said thank you, Richard. Um, 
I oh yeah, you're welcome. I forgot to demonstrate the cleaning of a record. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because the okay. dust sleeves, the dust sleeves will keep the dust out of the records. And if you put yeah. the sleeves in sideways like they should be put in, it will also keep the dust out of the records. So if you, if you can keep the dust out as possible, then you won't have to clean it all the time with a brush because the dust and dirt will get in the stylus and then you'll have to clean it with the brush and whatnot. Yep. So try we to avoid could, uh, it if you we can. Go over cleaning a both, cleaning a record with a brush and then cleaning a stylus. Yes. So can let everybody hear the sound yes. of the stylus being cleaned. Mm -hmm. Yes, with the brush. So I have mm -hmm. a a uh, record brush here. Actually, Russ and I have the exact same one. I do too. And it ha oh yes, that's right. So I have it in my hand here, and I'm going to let the record start spinning. And what you need to do is hold it. Now I'm trying to think of how to explain it. I'm not really the best at describing this stuff, but you have to hold it so it's like vertically like on the record. So it's touching like from the label to the end of the record. And you wanna just gently put it on the record and just like hold it there and let the record spin underneath. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I don't know if you guys can hear this or not. Yes. And you do it for about 20 seconds, 15, 20 seconds. And where, so the, the brush actually folds uh, down as well. So basically there's like a little, um, oh, it's the handle that it folds into. And you basically fold it into itself and you just, you kind of like move it back and forth among the, uh, over the bristles. <clears throat> and you do that for oh, about 10-15 seconds and then you know that your brush all the dust is off of it sometimes you can smell it I could smell it on this one Bette Midler has been sitting in my closet for quite a while <laughs> mm -hmm. um, now I do have a stylus brush as well but it doesn't seem to allow me to make uh oh, I think I might be buffering. No, you're good. Am I buffering? Oh, uh, yes. But Am I buffering? buffering? No, you're not. The whole server is buffering. You're not buffering. Russell's not buffering. Shar is buffering. I can hear you perfectly there fine. There you go. Russ. Now everybody sounds good. Oh. It's fixed itself now. Okay. So I have the tone arm. So you're buffering again. While she's buffering, we can let Russell clean his stylus. <laughs> I don't think Russ is buffering at all. No, he's not. You are. You were. Okay. Am I good now? Yes, you're good. For the moment. All right. So this is what it's going to sound like to clean the stylus. 
And you don't want to do it more than once. You want to do it from back to front. And that will get all the dust and sticks off of it, it and make your records. Yeah, you do it about do it about three or four times. That way you cut that way you be sure to get all of it. Yes. Because you're not only cleaning the stylus, but you're also cleaning behind the stylus and the cartridge and all that because yeah. that dust can go flying up onto the whole assembly back there and so you're cleaning everything. You bet. And so you do an excellent job by the way it's sounding. Thank you. Um, she, she's a pro. Yes, she is. Yes, That's I right. am. Thank you, Richard. And it sounds like in this particular stylus, the end of the stylus, the tip, is actually the microphone. And so when you clean the stylus, yeah. it can be heard. Pretty much. As mm -hmm. opposed to the other tree yes. tables you talked so about in the last one. That's that's what's picking up the record is is that little tip, is is the vibrations for, from the grooves and then it goes wow. to the cartridge to the amp, and then that's how you hear it through your speakers. Well, the more than Am, just do, the I, do tip I have is, that right? You're close. More than just the tip is being heard. If right. anything touches the tip or the counter the cantilever, it is heard. Yeah, you right. Can, you can touch the side of the cartridge, bump it with your finger, and it will be heard because yes. you will, in effect, be vibrating the cantilever and the stylus tip and all of that along with it. Mm -hmm. But the cantilever is the microphone itself, and just like a diaphragm would be in a regular microphone, and and then you have the stylus tip, which is attached to the cantilever. And so there you go. So if anything vibrates it, it's going to be heard. I'm not going to demonstrate what I did earlier today. <laughs> She's talking about using a toothpick to play a record. And Yes, uh, I literally, I tried it out on a 45 that I have that I... Well, it was a song that I thought that it, it was supposed to be a different song, let's just say that. And I figured I would give it a try with the 45 and see what happens. So I held it vertical, the toothpick vertical, and very loosely in uh, my thumb and my uh, index finger. And I let the record spin and I, uh, I let the... Um, the toothpick do the talking and let's just say I heard uh, some weird sounds <laughs> and words but it was not in the right way that I would hear it on the actual 45 it was a little bit more demonic and weird sounding and it it did freak me out <laughs> if Russ if Russ didn't real or if Russ didn't reiterate what it would do first of all. <laughs> I think I'd probably fall over or something. I don't know. It was really quite bizarre, but it was an experiment and it makes sense as to how LPs or vinyl is formed. So are, are so, yeah. Yeah, don't try this at home. No, I wouldn't recommend it. <clears throat> um, you try can it on try an LP it. that yes. 
Try it on an LP oh, yeah. that uh, you don't care about. Like yeah. maybe if uh, you have an old peer lying around with like kids' stories from when you, were, when you were like 10 years old and you listened to bedtime stories before you went to bed. You know, well, those are scratch those up. Um, also, you shouldn't play, you shouldn't try attempting to play um, uh, vinyl backwards because no, it will damage the vinyl and also it can break your stylus also. So it is it not won't. recommended. It won't damage the vinyl, but you can cause a lot of styling to jackknife. Then, then why did you say and, it will leave it will leave some marks on the vinyl if you if do the, it? If the turntable does jackknife, it will it oh. could leave a mark. Okay, but okay. Just playing yep, yep. it backwards is not a problem. Okay. Um, so but if the, the stylus was to jackknife, then you could have a problem. You certainly right. would have a problem out of your stylus and cartridge assembly. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. it's not wise to do that unless you have a stylus that is meant to do that. And one particular type is called a spherical. And that is where mm -hmm. the tip of the stylus is like a fountain pen. It has a little ball bearing in there and it spins and uh, you can go any way you want to with it. You can even scrape it across the record. It doesn't bother it. Mm. So, spherical. That would be a stylus to have. Yeah. Mm. What else can I talk about? I'm trying to think of anything that I've missed. Sounds like you covered it. I think we covered a lot oh, yes. of ground. I, I really do. For those that are Braille users that are listening to this podcast, um, I I'm muting myself because I'm eating. Yep. Okay. Dymo, uh, Dymo tape and getting like one of those Braille labelers from the Braille Superstore or the Future Aids store, as they call it now. It's an online store. I believe it's out of BC, Canada. And it's free delivery, and they have, um, uh, it's free delivery to both Canada and the U.S., and I don't know about any other countries, what the um, uh, shipping rate or whatever it is, or the delivery rate, I have no idea, but um, I find that it's been very handy for me to use to label the records. I put the jacket, or put the label on the jacket, and it has the adhesive backing that you can you can rip off the uh, the piece for that, and then just put it on the jacket, and and um, there you go. And then basically, it's easy for you to find whatever LP that you're looking for. And I find that once, well, I have probably I have at least over forty albums now, and I know I'm definitely going to be getting more in the near future. So I'm trying to figure out a way that I can store them. Right now I have them sitting in my closet on a shelf. Their own shelf, practically. There's one box, and it, I think it's probably good that box is sitting there so they don't topple over. But um, I plan on storing them in a tote at some point and alphabetizing them. I've um, been cataloging them on an Excel spreadsheet and it has also been working well. 
So if people go, oh, what kind of LPs do you have? Well, I'll just send you my spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Especially during right now with COVID. I mean, I don't really have a lot of people come over and I don't want to have to like take everybody to my bedroom to show them my record collection. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be good. Oh, anyway. Right. But, uh, a lot has been said. But, Any uh, other input? Yeah. No. Yeah, I think I've done what I'm my spiel. All right. Was anybody else? Was anybody else planning to take us? Was anybody else planning to do a presentation or, or what? Hey, Andrew, over there. Tell us about what kind of record player you got. Okay. <clears throat> Can everybody hear me? Yep. Yes. Yeah, and I'm gonna okay. mute my microphone. It is a Technics DC servo automatic turn table system. That's the SL BD27. And like it states, it is a direct drive servo, so it is a belt driven turntable. And it's got an Audio-Technica cartridge on it. And it worked. It works pretty well. Well, that's good. Yeah, I've heard it play some stuff on the server. And uh, it's sounded good when he's done it. It sounds very clear, very crisp. Yes. Yeah. And, and it does. I haven't heard him scratch yet. He's done it without any scratches. I think Andrew should take a crack at it and blindfold himself. Yeah, come on, do it blindfolded. Arm up, yeah. I do not have a blindfold, unfortunately. Okay, put your mask over your you eyes. Make, do a makeshift one. Put your mask yeah, over your eyes. Yeah, there you go, get a mask. <laughs> mask up there, Shunny. Yeah. I know Russ can do it without without any vision. Yep. Let's see if he'll rise to the challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me a little bit. All right. I'm having to do some stuff and then I'll be with you. Okay. All right. All right. Now, the one that my grandma and grandpa used to have was a Sanyo record player. And actually it was, it was a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It had, it's kind of like my Crosley, however it had eight track, tape deck, AM, FM radio, no Bluetooth, obviously, and no mm -hmm. auxiliary. But it also had the turntable. And I remember, it's been so long, but I remember um, when I was a kid trying to put the needle on the record and I would scratch and all kinds of stuff. And, but uh, there was a cueing lever. I do remember that. I remember my uncle showed it to me one time because he saw me operating the, the turntable and he's like, no, no, you need to use the cueing lever. And I'm like, 
no, I don't want to. When I was, you know, I was young. I was young and naive. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, those queuing levers make things a lot easier. Yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah. Especially if it's a fully automatic turntable, and all you do is push the start button, and the stylus will automatically go on the record. And then for the queuing lever, lever, you just flip it, and it goes off the record. Or to stop it, you just hit the stop button, and the arm will go off, and then it will go back into place where it's supposed to go. Yeah, this one apparently did not have that option. Like, you could put... The, you had to put the, st- the tote arm on the record. Yeah, from what I know, Crosley's are completely manual. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my grandma showed me a 45 that she had, uh, her and a couple of her friends, they had some sort of a concert or performance that they were at some talent show when she was like 12 or 13 years old and they sang uh, two hymns uh, Church in the Wildwood and then I can't remember what the other one was but anyway I remember that it never had a cape or a jacket or a sleeve Mm -hmm. so she uh, improvised it and we used a um it was some sort of a box. I think, yeah, it was just a Fruit Loops cereal box, and I taped it together. Awesome. <laughs> and we used it as the, as the jacket. And she still That's has it That's a big to this jacket, day. but okay. No, and we cut it. Okay. I was going to say. Sorry, I'm just grabbing my battery for my headset. I oh, have a question. Dying on me. Yes. Yeah? Uh, Andrew, what he was saying, uh, he's got a turntable that's different than what I thought. Uh, I mean, I've got a turntable different than I've ever heard of before. He's got a belt drive, direct drive. That's neat. <laughs> that is. It is different. Yeah, that's a new kind of that's new, man. thing. That, that's kind of like the same thing. It is. Be different, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was cool. That yeah. is cool, man. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah, drive. Yeah, you said you said it's a direct drive belt drive. <laughs> <laughs> we trust this man yeah, to drive wow. on their own. Oh my. I don't know. <laughs> All right. He did way better challenge. job than us. Blindfold record oh. player challenge. Who's up? All right. You well, he would have to be. To. He wanted me to put a record on and put the stylus on the record and then lift it back up without scratching it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, turn all your lights off and locate your turntable all in the dark. Okay, <laughs> yep. I've got to switch amplifiers here. Okay. It's called Vinyl in the Dark. After you switch amps and grab a record, then it's Vinyl in the Dark. Do, 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 There. Now, I've got you a little lamp. is complete. <laughs> no, I don't guarantee that. <laughs> um, 
don't guarantee that even with a sighted person. So, <laughs> uh, let me find, let me find a record that I can deal with. Do we have any listeners now, uh, Matt? Uh, let me check. I know that somebody, <laughs> an amateur radio operator, uh, he was trying to listen. He said the links weren't working in Winamp or any of his Windows Weird. stuff. And I told him, try it on your iPhone. It'll work every time. So he's listening. All right. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Without damp cueing, I've got the tone arm in my hand. And I'm going to move over to the record, and you want me to put it down at the beginning. Okay. Yep. I will put it down at the beginning. There it is. Wow. Hey. Yay. Thanks. Okay. Now, now lift, lift, lift the tone arm. Okay. And I've taken my hand away from it. See? Yep. Now, here we go. I'm moving over to it. I'm trying not to talk too loud while I'm doing this because I can't blow the thing off of the record. Let's see here. See? turntable is going to make a lot of extra noise yeah because of the way it's designed now I'm going to set it down and pick it right back up again randomly see it skipped as I was setting it down now I'm going to yeah see I set it down yeah pick it up you gotta have a steady. You gotta have a steady hand. You gotta lift the arm straight off the record, and oh, fast. Yeah. You gotta be fast. Oh, and that's what I was saying earlier. See, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So. Yep. Now. I'm picking it up, setting it down. Picking it up, setting it down. Mm-hmm. Bump the, the edge of the record. Now it's on the first groove. Pick it up. See, it's going to make yeah. noise. Yeah. Because yes, it will. And like I said earlier, it's it in will operation. Make noise regardless. Now, we're going to use a different method. This is called the damped cueing method. D A M P cueing method. Cueing is C U E I N G. Cueing. Damped cueing. So I operate the damped cure, which what it does is it lifts the tone arm up. The turntable has lifted the tone arm up. Now I can take it and I can move it over to record. And I can line it up. And then I. Uh, turn the damp cueing off, which turns from an ascent to a descent. 
and now it's landed at the beginning of the record. Because I placed hey, it. Hey, um. Now I'm going to ascend it from the record with the damp cueing. You ready? Yeah. Yep. See? That's hey, you think again. with my Denon turntable, with my Denon turntable, could I turn off the damp cueing on mine and do it manual? You don't. Have, all you do is just don't use it. Okay. All right. Now oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna set it down and pick it up. Set That'd it be down a good challenge for me. Pick it up several times with the damp cueing and let you guys hear what it sounds like. Um, yeah. You will see that it can get aggravated. Here we go. right there yeah but the thing is the turntable will pick it up straight up it has no choice right yeah and so you won't <laughs> no well and especially so, if you can't sometimes if you can't see it you can't necessarily touch the tone the tone arm and be like okay here's the tone arm yeah. Time to pick yeah. it up. You have to be like, turn arm up. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that, this turntable here is extremely finicky to human hands. It uh, doesn't like oh. Oh. And it is designed to be that way so it can have its nice tracking force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My turntable tracks right now is tracking at one and two thirds grams, which is lighter than everybody's turntable that's on this server. Yeah. And so it tracks lighter. And you say, well, it's just a third of a gram lighter than what mine is. Let me tell you something, folks, that's a big difference. I believe it, yeah. That's almost an and it's almost an entire but paper you said, clip. You said two so, grams is, 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 is a friendly tracking force or something. You were saying something two, along two those Two grams lines. is what most people can deal with and, and, yeah. and they're happy with it. This turntable, yes, yes. my, my, my turntable is not to brag on myself. If you want to take it as a brag, go right ahead. It doesn't matter to me. My turntable is a very high-end turntable. And when it comes to it playing records, it doesn't it doesn't mess around. Mm-hmm. It doesn't shabby. It, it's it's um it's not shabby about anything. And of course I have taken this turntable completely apart and I have redesigned it and made it also more of what it is. My turntable doesn't hum or click or nothing unless it is on the record in the first place. My turntable is quiet unless it is spoken to as it should be. Mm -hmm. And that 
will not come from a turntable that you have purchased. That comes from someone, a labor of love from a true technician. That does not exist anymore. Well, I believe it, because in order to get the hum out, a lot of people use ferrite beads on any wiring and other type of stuff. They try and get rid of any hums that might well, exist. Ferrite beads can do miracles, but they're not meant for everything. No. And there are, there are different mixtures of ferrite beads. You know, they're not all the same thing. No. And so different ferrites have got different bandwidths of what they will cover. Mm -hmm. So, but if you kill, if you kill the noise at the source, if you know what is causing the problem or the issue, and you kill it at the source, you've done yourself a hundredfold better work. Yes. You have saved a lot of things, a lot of grief. You have taken away sounds that the amplifier doesn't have to waste energy into reproducing that you don't want to hear in the first place. That's when it gets to be important. You will not get that from anything that you purchase, ever. No, never. You will only get that through a true technician. And people like me, my, my expertise and all that, we are a thing of the past. You're the last one. Over. I am one of the last ones. I am the one, I am one that will go the extra mile if I could. But now, I can't see to go the extra mile for the public. That's why I've retired. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I did it for a long time. I made a lot of people happy. I've, had, I've heard words from my customers say, they said it couldn't be done. And here it is, it's ready. It's ready to go. It's singing right here. I even had one person from Sicily. He picked up several pieces of his audio equipment and he says, Russell, whenever I have taken my equipment to the repair shops here in town, when it comes back, it is crying. And when it cries, I cry. But when I bring it to you, the artiste, and it comes back, it is singing, and I am happy. First, there is the air. Then, my magnificently tuned up piece of equipment that has come back from Brussels, the artist, the electronics professor, my air is filled with beautiful music, with no problem. That is not easy to come by. I've even had other technicians call me up. Would you mind fixing this? This person is giving me a pain that I can't get rid of. Well, what's it doing? 
you know what the old stuff does. They listen to it and they hear in the background. Oh, okay. Well, bring it on over. And then I have to go in there and correct what they did, then fix the problem it originally had, and then give it back to the person. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but that's the thing. This is, that's all a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. It's impossible to find anybody that's going to go the extra mile with equipment. And a lot of this equipment from the, from the ages of past was built on an entire different set of priorities than what is out there now. Of course it is. It was built originally <coughs> to steal the American market. The monster age receivers and all. That's what they were built for. And they did. But the Japanese sold it as co uh, at cost. They didn't make any money on it. So they went hurling into bankruptcy. Depression. So what come out of them next was garbage. They built themselves their own monster and they couldn't defend against it. And so as, as what generally happens over in Oriental companies, countries, they all copy from one another. And then the Chinese took it over. After seeing what all the Japanese had done, then America sold some of their patents and on we go. Now we've got our technology being sold back to us at jacked up prices. Mm -hmm. yep. This is supposed to be a better world, but it not, this was from a different time, a different time, a different place, a different era. And everyone that, most everyone <laughs> that ever participated in it, maintained it, kept it alive, built it, designed it, maintained, you know, repaired it, whatever, they're dead. It's a shame that the Japanese dead. didn't jack up the price another 40 or $50 to turn a profit. Had they started doing it that way, we'd already just be used to it. And then they could have kept on yeah, going. The thing is, the thing is, if they jacked it up too much higher than the already American nice price, people wouldn't trust to have looked their way in the first place. Oh, good point. Okay. Because America is notorious for wanting too much for a little bit of nothing. Yep. And most of the American turntables, like the voice of music and all that, this is where they copied it from the British. Wow. America didn't design anything of that nature. They copied it from the British. Huh. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. So, anyway. Everybody copies everybody. Yep. But this day and time, nobody creates. All it is is what all has been created back in the 50s and 60s being minimized, microsized, reprocessed, and sent out again. And people say, ooh, I've got something now. But it's nothing compared. It's just... 
It's old technology rehashed in a whole new case. That's all it is. Yeah. Now, when it comes to audio systems of today, <coughs> the high-end stuff, all it is is play-like stuff of the old days. It is nothing of its character, nothing of its sound, nothing of its integrity, nothing. There's equipment that was made in the past. You could pick up a turntable and hit somebody in the head with it, kill them, then set the turntable down and play <laughs> and the record still for their funeral. Yeah. And it oh still works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but today, you wouldn't dare try that with any of the stuff that's put out today. Oh, the plastic would break before the head man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It would, uh, it, it's going to be destroyed by the sheer elements. You know, so... But anyway. All right. Oh, a random question. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so we have the turntable of today. But we had, before the turntables happened, we had the gramophone, like mm -hmm. phonograph. Blah, 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 I can't talk. You know what I'm talking phonograph? about? The phonograph players? The no. ones you like, the, wear, uh, the wind. Okay, that's not a phonograph. Um, you talk, you talk, that's, that's just another Victrola. But Victrola was a name given by okay. RCA. RCA, Victor Victrola. But okay. go ahead. But the ones that you wind up, uh -huh. are they kind of a similar layout to where you have to put the needle down, like the record will start to spin and you drop the needle down, or how does that yes. work? I don't know precisely how it works, but you do put the record on, put the needle onto the record. And it's a big needle. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yes, those you do put the, the needle on the record. And, um, but then in the 1930s, Capehart, they had their own turntable system. It was in a console. Not only would it play the record automatically, but it would flip the record automatically. Really? Oh. Yes. It would take the record off, flip it in the air, catch it, and put it on the spindle, and play the other side. Wow. Wow. It, it had to be completely level to do that. Yeah. There's even a Tom and Jerry cartoon that even illustrates this Capehart system. Of course, in the cartoon, mm -hmm. it's grabbing Tom, Cat, and slamming him on the turntable, <laughs> trying to play him with a record on his head. So, but that is, that is taken from a Capehart system of the 1930s. Mm. It's big console. Interesting. Yeah. But see, they've gotten away from all of that. There's also turntables that are vertical. They're linear tracking, servo controlled. They have two cartridges. And when they get through, they have a cartridge and stylus on either side of the record. And when it gets through playing the first side of the record, it goes back and then it switches tone arms and plays the one that's behind the record that you don't see. And it'll play the other side of the record. Now that oh. is cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. 
while the record is vertical. I have a vertical turntable. I have a vertical turntable, but it's not uh, an auto reverse turntable. Oh. But uh, mm -hmm. but I have a vertical turntable. Technics had one that was an auto reverse. And it was only out for a very short period of time. And I did wow. see it on eBay. They wanted twelve hundred dollars for it. Ouch! But it was out there. And that thing was yeah. probably worth that because it's rare right now because there are not that many of them out there. I'm sure. Wow. Mainly because people do not read the owner's manuals and understand how to maintain them. No self-respecting American is going to do that. All right. <clears throat> the last person who has a record player available here has not rose to the blindfold challenge. Nope. <laughs> Andrew? Let's see if he's got the courage. Nope. <laughs> 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 Alright, la ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from a fully sighted driving person. You see what a challenge it is not to disturb the tone arm. And he can see. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his turntable has got the pickup thing on the edge of it where he can put his finger on yeah, it and I'll lift off of it. It yeah. does. So, oh. anyway. Yep. I yeah. He's not having to grab it like, like Char does. I've had to do it myself too, so. It's not Before. easy. <clears throat> no. It takes a lot no, of patience. It's not. And you could not be shaky it when takes you do practice. it. Because if you're going to be shaky, then you need to sit the heck down. It's not going to go well. And try it again right. in five minutes. Don't go manually uh, taking the stylus up after you've been you? through a fire alarm and you got the adrenaline going and you're shaky. <laughs> yeah. Well, putting the thing the, is, putting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you're shaky, that is numerous grams you'd be putting on your stylus. Uh, so. No, mm -hmm. and it's it's not an easy task. You gotta, you just you gotta take it slow. You can't just be like, okay, I'm gonna go up to my record player. I'm gonna take the tone arm off my record. Mm -hmm. No, you can't do that. You have to like, you know. I have to kneel down in front of the table that my uh, uh, my Crossley is sitting on, so that I at least have a little bit of like leverage going on. And then I very carefully just feel where my Crossley, the turntable is, feel where the edge of the record is, where it's spinning, and just very gently guide my hand. And you you just, after a while, you get used to where the tone arm is. So once you feel it, it's like you pick it up instantly. And I know I've said that quite a few times tonight, but yeah. Can't say it enough, though. Yep. No. But, yeah. But the damp, the damp cueing really does help. And um, it does. It is. A, it is a godsend. 
Char, when you get Char, to the monster you had system, a turntable you with a Q damp? Mm-hmm. You cannot add it to it, no. Uh, turntables have to be born with that. But, Char, uh, when you get your monster system ready to go, to get set up and all that, yeah. your turntable will have a damp cueing. Oh, and yeah. automatic, I'm sure. And I'm sure you won't want to turn back after that. <laughs> we can, but... Uh, because sometimes I have yeah, to okay, rely on yeah. the, the manual ones to play some records because the highfalutin turntables, <laughs> mm-hmm. I ain't doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. right. Don't ever, don't ever thumb your nose at a seven gram tracking force turntable. They do have their purposes. Uh huh. Like War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. where the record was not the right, mm-hmm. the hole was not yeah. the right size for the. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It didn't land on the, this big turntable right, and uh, Audio Technica is not going to play a warped record or one that is floating. <laughs> it oh no, that is not in its contract. It is totally against its religion. So anyway, it ain't gonna happen. So. But it was fun to try and listen to the War of the Worlds, though. That was that was a fun try there. But it did get played on the portable one, and everyone heard it. It played it flawlessly. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. All right. <clears throat> One last call for questions, comments, show-offs. We couldn't get Andrew to rise to the blindness challenge. Hmm. Or any challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nope. But I have heard him play stuff and it has sounded good. I have too. Yeah, it and does he is sound a good. Turntable, turntable operator. Yes. Well, I do have one record I could play. Okay. Yes, and I want to hear this one. What is it? Though? Oh, we can do okay. it after the show. Yeah. As long as it's not, co- long as it's not copyrighted. Oh, it is. You don't need to play it right now. No, nope. I won't. No, that's well, why I was saying after If you the had show. something to mm-hmm. prove, like you're able to take a stylus on and off, you could we give you maybe a few seconds, but Nah. Blindness challenge, no, come on man. Law says not the copyrights law says do not reproduce this right. in any form, shape or fashion or transmit. That's right. So that's what it says. <laughs> well I was transmitting that Bet Midler though. Yeah, but you were coming through microphones. Yes. Oh, I see. You altered it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well then, this has been fun. One last call for questions, comments, anything before we end. All right. Well then, I suppose that the best thing we can say is don't leave your records in the sun. 
bad for him. <laughs> Don't leave mm -hmm. your mission to the I've never done that. I don't know anyone who has, because it's so bad, bad to do. Uh, you never had any. You never had any records. No, I haven't. No I've never table. had any records. But don't leave him in the sun. And you're gonna be nice to him. Don't drop him. Don't squish him. Bend him. <laughs> break him. Don't eat them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Right. But you can't okay. but you can use them as frisbees. <laughs> yes. You yeah. can use yes. them as frisbees. They they're you can, they'd you probably can, be awesome. You you can you can you can you 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 can you could throw them at whoever, you know? You can yep. use them as weapons. Yes, especially Yes you could. Aren't there some seventy eights that'll break if you drop them like they're glass? Yes, yes. they will. They will. Oh, those would be good. Shatter like a plate. Have you seen this, Richard? I've never heard a seventy-eight shatter, but I know it can happen now. Uh, but I haven't heard it. I have. Uh, I'm I sure it sounds I'm like a plate breaking. Word for it. No, I'm telling you, it happened. It's like, like a plate just hit the floor. Wow. Now, I've dropped glass, and that is pretty... I don't know if a 78 would sound like glass breaking. Pretty much. High close to it. Very yeah. close to it. It's okay, ear piercing. Gonna, it's who's going to grab piercing. one and drop it, and we'll all listen to it break? No, nope. let's not. Not doing no, that. No, okay. let's not do that. Because none no. of you would show up to clean it up. And all my 78s are, are precious. So. Ah, okay. Oh yeah, they're, they're a piece of history. Speaking yeah. of being precious, um, often when you go to try and shop for records, the prices are two time, two to three times what the music is priced everywhere else. So be on the lookout for that. Sometimes 10, 20, 100 times more of what it's worth. <clears throat> yep. And that's sad that people do that. It's very sad. So don't get gouged when it comes to prices on eBay and Amazon for those records. Yeah, that's the thing. They are overly priced nowadays. Yep. I need to go to mm -hmm. a thrift shop or a record shop here in town and, and figure this out and maybe find some good deals. Yeah. I do have quite a few of my mom's, well, there's about 13 of her LPs that she gave me. Well, that's all of them that she had in the basement. and They were in relatively good shape, except for a few of them. They had some skips and scratches, but other than that, I'm quite impressed. And I've been taking really good care of them for her. And um, I plan on um, recording all of them t for her so I can put them on to CDs and she can still listen to them and enjoy them in her car. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. My philosophy is if a record is going to be $20, it better have 20 songs on it. If it's going to be $15, it better have 15 <laughs> songs on it. A dollar a song. That's what music is worth, a dollar a song. 
Some might yeah. be worth $3 or something. Yeah. Mm. Everywhere I've been, music is worth a dollar a song. Well, it's cheap music. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Mannheim Steamroller is cheap music. Mm. I like it. Alright. Any other questions, comments before we end? It's been a good discussion. Alright. Well, this has been fun. I'd like to thank everybody for coming, showing up, and participating. And having a good time at it. Again, don't leave your records in the sun. Be nice to them. Be nice to those turntables. Be kind. And have fun with those records. Even if, bye you, bye. Even if you don't like them. <laughs> don't fall. Bye.